You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. Today, we are ending our series on A New Hope. And of course, I believe that as many of us are transitioning, it would be very good that even though we are going through this particular transition, many are asking questions of what to do next. And I believe that prayer is a very important way by which we are able to discern what God is doing for us personally and for us as a local church. Before we read scripture, I would like to start with a survey that was done by the National Academy of Science and they published a study involving over a thousand judicial rulings over a 10-month period. And so according to this study, 65% of parole judges granted freedom to the first person who appeared before the court. It didn't matter what they did. Okay, so by the end of the morning, the chance of the parole dropped to zero. So in other words, kunyari meron tayong morning session. No? At 8 o'clock, yung mga nakasession at 8 o'clock, sila yung mas mataas yung chance na mabigyan ng parole. And pag malapit na yung lunch break, 12 noon, the chance of those seeking a parole dropped to zero. So in other words, pag medyo palapit na yung breaks, no, sa umpisa, medyo very generous sila sa pag-handout ng mga paroles. Now, when the same judges return from their break, okay, so let's say after lunch break, bumalik na at 1 o'clock, resuming the hearings, the first prisoner for the parole once again had a 65% chance of being granted their freedom. And so the odds again declined as the afternoon wore on. So, bakit? Ang tanong natin is why? So, the authors of the study cite something called decision fatigue. So, ano ba tong decision fatigue? So, in decision fatigue, it means this. It is harder to make decisions after making lots of decisions. So, after mo nang mag-decide ng napakaraming decision, para ang hirap na mag-decide after. Kumbaga, nagsawa ka na sa kaka-decide. And part of it is we lose will power. I remember Steve Jobs, nung nabubuhay pa si Steve Jobs, he had this iconic look. And this iconic look is a long sleeve, black long sleeve sweatshirt with jeans and uh, sneakers. No, So, tinanong si Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was asked, bakit ganyan sinasadya mo ba yan for Apple branding? Alam naman natin ang Apple, they're very concerned about their branding. And so, Steve Jobs said no. It is one less decision to make in a day. So in other words, ayoko nang i-worry yung ano pang isusuot ko. No? So yung mga kaibigan natin na mga ladies, di ba? If you have friends like those, kung inaantay natin sila or kumbaga if they're preparing to go out, pupunta sila sa closet, isang closet, napakaraming damit. Tapos biglang sasabihin nila, ay, I have nothing to wear. <laughs> Wala daw masuot, ano, ang dami-dami pala. So kasi nga ang dami, si Steve Jobs ayaw niya na mag-decide kasi ang dami niyang choices. So, Kung alam niya na isusuot niya everyday, that's one less decision to make. And so my question to everyone is this. In our faith, are we also having fatigue in our faith? So in other words, ang tanong ko po sa inyo ay, pagod ka na ba? Yung iba, pagod ka na bang umasa? Ayo, <laughs> Pagod ka na bang umasa? Itong mas masakit, pagod ka na bang umasa sa wala? Pagod ka na bang maghintay? Or worse, pagod ka na bang maghintay sa wala? Pagod ka na bang magdasal? na parang pakiramdam mo, hindi dadating yung sagot sa mga panalangin mo. Are you tired of living by faith? Are you tired of waiting and waiting and waiting? It seems like walang patutunguhan yung pag-aantay mo. My hope in my prayer is that our faith is renewed as we begin to look at the scripture on how the disciples responded as they were confronted with a particular threat. You know, we are also facing a particular threat right now. There's two viruses 
It is the virus of the COVID-19 and the virus of fear. So we are confronted with one of the greatest threats that is facing humanity. And so as we read this text, as we learn about prayer, and we're going to talk about prayer this morning, I hope that our faith is strengthened all the more to be able to not just fight the good fight of faith, but to be able to not just think defensively, but to be on the offensive. You know, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. You know, the Bible says that the gates of Hades will not overcome his church. We are not on the defensive. We are in the offensive. And I believe it's high time for us to weaponize our prayers. That our prayers are not just reactive. Nagre-react lang tayo kung anong saan tayo dalhin. No? Kung anong ibabalita sa atin. But my hope is that we would begin to become more proactive with our prayers. That we would always be in that offensive. And we will learn this as the disciples learned to pray for boldness as they were confronted with this particular threat. Join me as we read through Acts chapter 4. And this is a continuation and the ending to our series called A New Hope. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 4 and we're going to read in verse 23 up until verse 31. When they were released, this was talking about Peter and John, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly, in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Just to give you a context in Acts chapter 4, it goes on to start that Peter and John have just been arrested. And they were sent to jail for talking to people about Jesus and the resurrection of the dead. And so many people actually believe their message and the number of believers from 3,000 total to about 5,000 in that particular time. And so they stood in front of the who's who of the religious community. They stood in front of the Sanhedrin. They stood in front of all those religious leaders and they were questioning them about their authority to preach. Now, interestingly, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, we see here in this particular verse, they said, well, Peter and John were answering the questions. That when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Can you imagine if you are with Jesus, you cannot deny. People around you cannot deny that you have been with Jesus. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to say hallelujah at the right time, raise your hands at the right time. You don't have to pretend to be a Christian or you don't have to be a secret Christian man. People will see that kind of relationship. And this was the kind of relationship 
that the disciples had. And so the disciples, as they were answering the questions, the council was dumbfounded with the healing of the man at the gate that we talked about last week. So they were dumbfounded about his testimony and they began to decide to let Peter and John go because they have nothing against them. Also, they cannot find any fault among them because the people were praising and worshiping God. So in other words, wala naman silang ginagawang masama eh. Ba't natin to ikukulong? We have no grounds to be able to charge them. Now, as we look here in this verse, verse 23, says there, when they were released, they went to their friends. And this is from the ESV version. And reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. Now, interesting, no? The ESV used the word friends. Now, the Greek word for friends is idios. No? Hindi ito yung idios na. You're an idiot. Hindi yun, no? Idios. Idios means one's own or they belong to one group, a private or personal group. Or you belong to once your own people, your own family, or your home, or your property. So, kumbaga ang illustration is, this is like birds of the same feather are the same bird. Then, hindi po. Birds of the same feather flock together. So, they're part of the same class, ikang same family. And so, interesting, ano, right after they experience a crisis in their life, the first place that they went to are their friends. They went to their small group. They went to church. They went to their church community. Peter and John went to the church. The one that is the same as they are. Now, question, who among you would go to church right after such an ordeal? Now, it seems that the default of the disciples when they had the threat was the church. How many of us would choose God first or would do probably in our own practical mind when we are faced with this, we would go to something or someone else and we would rely our own discartation or yung sarili po natin at discarte. But they knew who they would go to. Now, for those of you who are listening, I pray that you have people, you have community, you have people amongst you that you can go to every time you are faced with a grave threat upon your life, even upon your family. Or when you are faced with Christ, I pray that you have somebody to be able to go to so that these people could help build up your faith. And if you don't have a small group yet, you know, I hope that you could join us. That is the best decision that you'll ever make as you begin to follow Christ and journey with Him. And so as we continue with the text, we're going to look at four lessons about prayer and as we observe how the apostles prayed. And so number one, the apostles prayed in solidarity. Wow! Big word, solidarity. Okay, I use that word kasi ang ibig sabihin lang po ng solidarity is unity. Now, I had to use that big word. No? Let's define solidarity. Solidarity is defined as unity or agreement of feeling or action, especially among individuals with a common interest or mutual support within a group. So in other words, hindi lang siya yung united. Kasi madaling sabihin, oh, united tayo. Hindi porke nagsama-sama tayo, nagsabay-sabay tayo, magsalita, ibig sabihin, united na tayo. Ito, Solidarity, solid. <laughs> Pag meron tayong solidarity, ibig sabihin solid tayo, ibig sabihin pareho tayo ng iniisip, pareho tayo ng interes. Kung baga, we're supporting one another. And so, we are of one accord, ika nga. So, in our Amazing Grace teachings ng prayer and fasting, binanggit ni Bishop Manny yung word na homo thumadon. One passion, one desire, one accord. Ibig sabihin, kung baga talagang ano, iisa, nakikiisa tayo sa isa't isa. Okay, so, 
it's more than just being united. And so in verse 24, the Bible says, And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. And so when they came together, they lifted their voices together. Now, it doesn't mean that sabay sabay pray. There was just one person who prayed. Other translations would say with one voice. Medyo singular, no? But the point of the matter is one person prayed, but even though one person was praying, every single one of them were in agreement. It's as if all of them, their spirits were vocalizing, they're verbalizing with one voice whatever they wanted to pray in their heart. So they had the same passion, the same desire. Why? Because they are one family in Christ. Christ has united them. Because of Christ, it has united them and it gave them one voice. And so there is power. Do you know that there's power in agreement? There is power every time the people of God come together to pray. There is power when Christians come together in unity, in agreement. When people come to pray, we invite the presence of God. We don't have to turn there, but in Psalm 133, the Bible says that how pleasant it is when brothers come together in unity. And so when the people of God come together, the presence of God is there. The presence of God assures us that every time we pray, you know, God is going to do something great. And so when we come together to pray, whether that's in a prayer meeting or in a small group or even when your family, and I'm sure many of you, Three months of quarantine has enabled you to attend various prayer meetings. Sana ho, wag ho mapagod. Sometimes yung iba, baka maisip natin, medyo stale na, paulit-ulit na lang yung prayers. Don't give up. Because when you pray, you invite the presence of God. And when you invite the presence of God, you are basically saying this, Lord, when I meet with you, I am excited because when I meet with you, something great will happen. I am expecting something great will happen every time we pray. And so we invite the presence of God. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, King Jehoshaphat, when he was faced with a huge army that will invade him, he actually prayed and he talked about the presence of God. He invited God to be with them. And through a prophet, actually the Lord spoke to them that they would win against this vast army. And so when we pray in agreement, when we come together to pray, we don't just invite the presence of God, but we also invite His power. We see this in Acts chapter 2 when the disciples prayed. In the day of Pentecost, when they prayed in the upper room, the power of God was so strong. It was very evident within their midst that it enabled them to be able to speak in tongues of fire. And the people at that time witnessed them speaking in languages that are native to them. And so the power of God is greatly manifested amongst His people. So when we pray and come together, something happens. Expect that, that when we come together, God will be there within our midst. And it gives a sense of security knowing that God will be there for us. He will never leave us nor forsake us no matter what situation we are into right now. And so one application I could think of is this. In your homes, I feel like God is stripping away the barrier, stripping away the frills, and God is bringing us back to Acts chapter 2, home churches. No? Uh, yung disciples, they were, the household was actually a church. And in your household, that is a church as well. And so I want to encourage you to come together in your household to be able to pray. As a father, if you're a father here, I want to encourage you, lead the family to pray. Even if you're a young person, lead your family to pray. Something happens 
when people of God are united, the presence of God comes and His power is made manifest. Now, the second lesson that we can learn from the apostles as they began to pray is this. The apostles appealed to God's sovereignty. Wow, pastor, another big word. First S is solidarity and now it's sovereignty. Now, let me define to you what the sovereignty of God means. Lagi natin itong ginagamit, no? Yung salitang sovereignty or God is sovereign. It simply means that God is in charge. But ano pa nga ba yung ibig sabihin when we say that God is sovereign? So, the sovereignty of God is this. God is the supreme authority and is in complete control of the universe. His dominion is total. No one can interfere with His purpose and thwart His plans. Now, to better explain this, there are two words that are associated with the word sovereignty. Number one is power, and the second is authority. And so, to be able to illustrate this, imagine a police badge. No, The police badge tells you that they have the authority. Kaya, di ba, iba't ibang police forces, they have different levels of authority. May mga sabi level 1 clearance or level 5 clearance. Or they would say na, oh, it's beyond my pay grade. So, wala akong authority dyan kasi hanggang dito lang yung badge ko. So, the badge tells us of the authority or the jurisdiction of that person. Now, the police officer also has a gun. So, meron siyang barrel and it represents power. Okay? So, kung ayaw sumunod, okay, papakita mo yung barrel mo as a show of force or as a show of power. So, pag hindi ka sumunod, okay, I will enforce my power on you. So, dalawa palagi yan, yung authority, yung badge, and then the gun. And so, if you are familiar with watching a lot of crime drama or if you're like watching movies, di ba pag nasususpend or nare-relieve or nare-remove yung isang officer from his work, ano laging sinasabi? Surrender your badge and your gun. In essence, ibigay mo sa akin yung power mo at saka yung authority mo. And so, if you look at the religious leaders of their time, they thought they had the authority. They think they have the authority. And so, the questions that they were asking Peter and John was, by whose authority do you do this? Now, Peter and John knew that the only authority that these religious leaders have is the authority that God has given them. And so in Acts chapter 4, verse 24, they were praying this prayer and appealing to the sovereignty of God. Said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And so from the very beginning, they already know that God is in charge. God has both the authority and the power and these people cannot touch them because God is ultimately in charge. No plan of the Lord will be thwarted. In verse 24, they also recognize God as the creator. Part of that authority and power is that God was also the instigator. He was doing things. He was doing things in the sidelines because ultimately He started everything. And so when we recognize God as our creator, we recognize His sovereignty. And when we do this, it puts our problems in perspective. So I don't know what problem you may be experiencing now. But when we look to the sovereignty of God, our problems begin to be in perspective. 
it puts our problems in perspective. And it reminds us that He can handle our problems. And so what does this say? It reminds us that God alone can handle our problems. And so the focus of their prayer was not the problem, but God's power. Oftentimes, people, when they pray, they focus on the problem. I don't have this. I need healing for this. And, you know, don't get me wrong. It's okay to pray prayers like that. But when we tend to focus on our problems so much, we tend to focus on man solutions rather than God solutions. What's going to happen? Paano ba ako didiscarte? But instead of focusing on the problem and we look to God, we can have this confidence and security that He is doing more than we know in the sidelines. I may not know what's going on with you, but be assured of this. God has already gone ahead of you and is doing things in the sidelines and doing things more than we know. And He is in control no matter what is happening because His plans will never be thwarted. His will will prevail upon our lives. And so if you look at Scripture, the most powerful prayers in Scripture, we'll see they were not problem-centered, but they were God-centered. Nehemiah, before he prayed to God for his needs, he was in serious trouble, but he spent hours and hours praising and worshiping God for who he is before making any request. We see here Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter 20 again. He said to God, did you not do this? Did you not? Will you not do this to us again? He was talking about the glorious things that God has done for the Israelites in the past. And God was saying, if you did it for them, wouldn't you do it for us? And so when he was praying to God, he was making an appeal. God, you can do anything. You can do the same for us, what you already did to the people in the past. And so because God is sovereign, we can be rest assured that no matter what problems we face, whether it's a loss of a job, loss of a loved one, loss of something in your life, even probably some of you are experiencing depression or some mental instabilities. There's sadness, there's hopelessness, there's despair. There is such a, parang, your spirit is just so down. Let me encourage you today. God is sovereign. And because God is sovereign, He alone determines our steps. He alone knows the solutions to whatever we face. Trust in Him, for His plans will prevail no matter what. Third lesson from the apostles is this. The apostles prayed and declared Scripture. So oftentimes, when we pray, our mode is always to ask and ask and ask. And again, there's nothing wrong with asking God for anything. But one of the powerful things that we can do as we begin to pray is to pray along with Scripture. Now, prayer and Scripture are not mutually exclusive events. In other words, they always go together. Hindi pwedeng puro pray, pray, pray lang. Okay? And then, walang Scripture. So, pwedeng Scripture, Scripture lang, pero puro theology, pero kailangan mo din naman ng spirit, no? ng prayer. So, they would always go together. Now, the Spirit always follows the Word of God. And so, as we begin to open Scripture, God reveals to us things to pray for and it will strengthen and build up our faith. In verse 25 to 26, the apostles were praying Psalm chapter 2. And so, there's an excerpt of that here in this particular verse. 
they quoted David. And so Peter, when he said, through the mouth of our father David. So Peter was convinced that the very words that David spoke were the very words of God. And he said, by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. This psalm is a prophecy made hundreds of years before Christ of how the kings of the earth would begin to conspire against his anointed, against the Messiah, against Jesus. But in the middle of it all, God would always be in control. So the people thought they had control or the Sanhedrin or the religious leaders. They thought they were in control, but God is working and orchestrating things more than what the people know. And so Peter and the disciples knew that this is so. They understood that they should expect this sort of opposition. So alam na nila mangyayari na may kukontra palagi. Hindi lang sa Messiah, kung hindi sa mga disciples ni Christ. And so they were not troubled because God was in control of all things. And so when we pray, we see our circumstances in light of God's word more than what the world is saying. And so, we also use scripture in prayer to pray the promises of God. When we need strength, we can pray according to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, where it says that He would grant you according to His glorious riches okay, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit, through the inner man. So, God's Word will speak to our situation no matter what that is. And finally, last lesson is that the apostles prayed for signs and wonders. Verse 29, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Ultimately, the solution to their problem was a demonstration of God's power. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. No, the Sanhedrin was rendered powerless because of the display and the demonstration of God's power through the healing of that man at the gate. They cannot do anything. They were powerless to put Peter and John in jail because they knew and they saw that God's power was amongst them. And the people were praising and worshiping God as a result of what they did. When they preached Jesus, there was a display and demonstration of God's power. Signs and wonders followed or accompanied the preaching of the gospel. And so the more we demonstrate God's power, we render powerless our enemies against us. My hope and my prayer is that whatever you are experiencing today, no matter what you're going through right now, pray for a display of God's manifest power to be upon you. And you will be amazed about how God will work through the problem that you are facing even today. Because the enemy will be rendered powerless as we begin to display and marvel at the power of God even upon our life. Organized religion at that time was Judaism. It was filled with a bunch of rules and regulations, do's and don'ts, which is in stark contrast to what the apostles were doing. The apostles were demonstrating the power of God through signs and wonders. Now, signs and wonders do not save people. But what it does is it opens the hearts of man to receive 
the gift of salvation. Even the most difficult man to be able to preach the gospel, you know, God can soften the heart of that person as we begin to see the power of God made manifest. And it is undeniable that when they see this miracle, you know, they would receive, they would know that indeed God is God and they would receive His gift of salvation. Finally, in verse 31, it says, When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And so God was able to answer their prayer. And that is the same prayer that I have for every one of us and even for our nation. I pray that fear, intimidation, that anxiety, that depression, that hopelessness, and especially despair would be cast aside upon our nation and that we will be bold enough to overcome all that the enemy would try to throw at us. No matter what we are into right now, no matter what circumstance, no matter how dire or how deep we are into, God is still able to infuse us with a fresh level of boldness to be able to overcome and still to be able to preach the gospel to everyone. One more thing to remember, and this is the most important thing. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, and we read this a while ago, that when the people saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they saw that they were uneducated, they were common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. You know, the source of all strength, power, and boldness, ultimately, it comes from being with Jesus. It comes from our relationship with Christ. And so there is no secret formula. There is no secret recipe. When you are with Jesus, you will have a source of life, source of strength, source of hope that will battle even the most hopeless situation. And let me just pray for you today as we end. If you're in a very dire and hopeless situation right now, I pray that God would infuse a fresh boldness, Lord God, and a fresh new hope. We can have a new hope because right now, under this new covenant, we have been granted by the Holy Spirit with power upon on high that we can pray and we can be strengthened. Our faith will be strong more than ever because the Spirit of God lives inside of you. And the Bible says that because of our relationship with God, the Holy Spirit validates our salvation, our relationship with Him. Let me encourage you today. You might have lost a job, lost a loved one. You may be sick right now. You know someone who has COVID-19. We can pray. Let us demonstrate. The kingdom of God is not just about talking. It is a matter of power. And God has provided you with His Holy Spirit to be able to overcome your fear that you may be able to become a blessing and pray for sense and one. Pray for healing. Pray for restoration of relationships. Pray for finances. Pray for an overflow. Pray for such a miracle that is so unprecedented that it would open the hearts of men and that they would begin to receive God. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.